Well, good morning. Hope everybody's doing all right. If I could have just a little bit more light in the room so I can see the lovely faces <laughs> in the room. You didn't need to laugh at that, Bat. What are you trying to say about the people out here, Bat? <laughs> Matt laughs all the time. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, you, you do. You're just a joyful guy. You're just a joyful guy. Um, Daniel Lamb led worship this morning. So glad that he did that. He's, he's new. Uh, this is your, what, second time? Third. Third time? I guess, yeah, third time. And uh, so glad that he did that. Um, is everybody in, enjoying the weather? Maybe not this morning, but this week when it was 70 in, in February, right? <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this. I am refusing to mow my yard until the end of March. I don't care if we lose children, rabbits, or dogs. It is not going to be mowed to the end of March. Yeah, my grass is it's growing. It may push me toward that, but my grass is coming up. My uh, tiger lilies are coming up early. Usually they come up like right around April, the beginning of April into March. I mean, they're probably this tall, if you know. They're not blooming, but you know, they're just coming up. So, yeah. So spring, spring is upon us. So the groundhog was right or wrong? Definitely wrong. How many of you are glad that he was wrong? Yeah, there you go. Those are the people that don't like. Do you like snow, those people? You like snow at all? Yeah, some do. Just one person does. But we're just glad that it's warmer. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right, so <clears throat> to start off, I want to start with uh, advertisements. Okay, just some billboard advertisements that I thought was kind of funny and kind of creative. Kind of creative as well. And here's the first one. Um, don't uh, Text and drive. <laughs> that is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we went up to uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, and this happens to, to me all the time. We went, and you, know, you have these cars that are going like this on the road, and I'm like, they're texting. I know they're tech. I know they're on their phone. And Nicole, you don't know that. Like, yes, I do. And so we pull up beside them, and lo and behold, you know, I'm looking at them. I am looking at them while driving. I'm looking at them texting and driving. I'm sure that's safe as well. I just realized the hypocrisy of all that. All right. <laughs> So there you go. I'm a hypocrite. Here we go. The next one. <laughs> Isn't that creative? Like, you know, the back part, like here, I, I thought that was pretty creative. Pimples going to cover them up. Yeah. All right. And so this is a funny, if, forgive me for this one. Just forgive me up front. But, but I couldn't resist this one right here. <laughs> it's actually 3D. I don't know how they did that, on, but... That's, cra that's crazy. I know it's a little pixelated, but that's what happens. Uh, and then finally, this one, bad placement, the Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad y'all laughed at that. Uh, first service, I, I'm not sure if they really got it, but nonetheless, yeah, there you go. All right, turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we are today. <clears throat> um. Advertisements generally, at least a certain percentage of them, um, prey on what you're worried about or what you're anxious about or what you feel uncomfortable with. For instance, um, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a, a security a system uh, 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 advertisement on, on TV, actually on YouTube, and it was all about the person that could possibly break into your house and does your family feel safe when they're at home and, and all this kind of stuff. And they're building up this safety thing because it's a, it's a crazy world outside. And so their solution to you not feeling safe in your home is to get a security system. So you have the security system so you know when an intruder comes in and all of that. I would submit to you, I'm not going to tell you what, but I think the security system is fine, but you might need to have something else as well to protect yourself, but nonetheless, it's a security system. So it's based off of a worry that someone could come into your house. And they know that if they can get people to be concerned about it, um, then they will buy their product. If you want to have a cheap way of like doing this security in your home, this is, this is free today. This is free today. And um, this is what you should do. You should just not clean your house. 
just throw everything on the floor and just leave everything everywhere because if a burglar comes in, they'll say, oh, someone's already been here. <laughs> right? Or in the middle of the night, they'll slip and fall. Oh, there's a burglar here. They slipped over the, right? I did that on purpose. Are you with me? So if you're, if you're trying to save money, just, Jennifer, just keep your house messy. She doesn't keep her, well, at least when I've been over there, it hasn't been. So maybe I should back up from that before I make somebody upset. So Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 25 says this, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. So Jesus in the sermon starts this particular section and says, I'm telling you, do not be anxious about your life. That particular word anxious is a word um, that means to divide or to capture. The root word is, it's to capture. And so anxious, what he's saying is, don't let your mind be taken captive by worry and by anxious thought. Don't let it take control of you. Don't, don't let it um, take your mind hostage, okay? Don't allow that to happen. So the question is, do you allow worries in this life, things that happen in this life, troubles that happen in this life, do you allow those things to take your mind hostage? Do you let them take your mind hostage. He's saying, do not do that. I would submit to you this morning that the cure for ADD or ADHD or ADD, whichever one it may be that you might have, is actually anxiety and worry. Because what happens when you, um, if you have that and you get worried about something, that is what captures your mind and that is what you're fixated on. That's what you think about constantly. That is what colors your entire life and everything that you do. When you are worried, when you're anxious about something, it colors every single thing that you do. And Jesus Christ right up front is saying, do not be anxious. Do not have anxiety. Do not have worry. Do not do that. This is a strategy of the devil. First Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 8, it tells us to cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for you. And around that verse, it talks about being faith, having faith in God that he is going to take care of everything in your life. Everything in your life. So Jesus, right up front, tells us, do not be anxious. Do not be worried. Do not do all of that. Just, just, just don't do it. Just do not do it at all. Now, let me pause here a moment to say, look, I've been around and I know this does not fit in to the way we think. This doesn't fit into the way we think. We have medication for anxiety. We, we have all this other stuff for anxiety. We go, we go to the psychiatrist. We go to the counselor. I am not in any way at this moment telling you to quit doing any of that. That's not what I am telling you. Philip Brand is not telling you that. I'm just telling you what Jesus is telling you. Jesus says, don't be anxious and don't worry. And he's speaking to a large group of people that had plenty to be anxious about, that had plenty to be overwhelmed with, that had plenty of things that they could wonder what in the world is going to happen tomorrow. He's speaking to a group of people that didn't really have counselors. They really didn't have psychiatrists. They didn't have the drugstore down the road where they could get the medication to kind of calm them down. They had none of that. And Jesus is speaking to this pe these people, and he is saying, listen, do not be anxious. Do not which means that you and I can actually control it. We can control it. Jesus is not speaking to a bunch of people, telling them not to do something, knowing that they have no possibility of doing it, that it's some type of thing that they cannot control. He is telling them not to do it. He says specifically, do not be anxious. Do not allow the worries of this world to take control of your mind and Project bad news for tomorrow. Do not let that happen. That's what he's saying. And um, 
I don't completely understand what I'm preaching about today. I don't. I just be honest. I don't. I, I've read tons of stuff about it, been through counseling classes and all kinds of stuff, but this is what I do know. Jesus knows what he's talking about. And Jesus says, do not be anxious at all. You see, you and I have emotions, right? And emotions need a story. And what often happens with us being humans is we start with the emotions and we come up with a story to match those emotions. What we do. Have you ever woke up mad at the world? You just woke up, you were mad, right? You didn't know about what? But as soon as you woke up mad at the world, you began to try to figure out a story to match to have the reason. You could have had a bad dream, and you don't remember that bad dream, <clears throat> but you were mad in the dream, and you wake up, and you're mad. I have permission to tell this story, at least I did 10 years ago, and I'm just going to grandfather that permission in at this moment in time, okay? When Nicole and I were first married, she would have dreams about me at night and get upset with me at night in her dreams, and then she would be upset with me during the day. And I would ask her, why is she upset? And she said, because you did something in my dream. <laughs> now, she was smart enough to know that I would, didn't actually do those things, but she, the, the feeling that she was had was legitimate. She was mad at me. Obviously, I was doing something in the dream that I would really do in real life. I don't know. But whatever I did in a dream, she felt to the day, and she fought with that to get that out of her life. She doesn't, she doesn't do that currently. At least I don't, I don't know about it if she does, but she, she got in control of that. But that's what often happens. We sometimes wake up and we're mad. Look, recently I woke up and I wasn't feeling that good. In fact, it was Saturday. It was just yesterday. Just wasn't feeling good. Um, I know what the problem was. I didn't eat supper the night before, and that's just not good for me. I actually, actually I did eat I didn't eat supper. What I ate was Oreo cookies because I can't have Reese cups. So I've switched to <laughs> Oreo cookies. So I ate all these Oreo cookies and milk and that just didn't go well. So when I woke up in the morning, I, I just didn't feel good. And she asked me, she said, Philip, why are you so edgy? And I said, I did not realize I was edgy. I just can't seem to get moving today. I, I can't seem to get out of whatever emotion I'm in right now. So you have to be careful <clears throat> that you don't take your emotions and you try to figure out some story to match those emotions. Sometimes you are just moody. I know the men in the room don't want to say a bed. Yeah, thank you, because you're afraid. Oh, your wife left. Well played, well played, well played. And, and the, women, the women, I don't know why you didn't say amen to that, because you know that your man is, uh, hey, watch it, woman. Yeah, yeah, you know, but so you attach that. And the reason that, that we have these emotions and we feel feelings is just because we're human, and our emotions are fallen. They are a part of the depravity of man. They need to be redeemed. Everyone in this room is a dreamer. Everybody in this room is a dreamer. Everybody is. <clears throat> you dream about things. Now, you might think, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm a visionary. And the reason that you immediately think that is because you are amazed at people that can cast a vision for a better tomorrow. I mean, you, you've seen speakers do this before. They cast this vision. This is what we're going to do. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And you're like, man, I wish I could have a vision like that, right? I wish I could paint a picture of a better tomorrow. And it makes you like, yeah, let's do that. I want to do that, right? Um, Donald Trump's little, let's make America great again. I don't care who you are. That's just a great idea, right? Who doesn't want to make America great again? I, look, if you're a Democrat, Look, don't you want to make America? I mean, it's just a great, it's a great line. I'm not saying that you should vote for him. I'm not saying anything political. I'm just saying, oh my goodness, something great. And so you have this person that paints this picture that is absolutely amazing. And we think those are the people with the dream, dreams. Those are the people with the vision. But what I'm here to tell you today is everybody in this room has dreams. Everybody in this room has vision. 
Everybody does. And it is seen mostly when you have a vision of something that is going to happen bad in your life. You become worried about it, and you start dreaming of things that will never happen. But Philip, I just know that it... No, you don't. No, you don't. Just because the one thing happened the one time doesn't mean the thousands of things that you have dreamed that were going to happen that were bad were really going to happen. Come on, church. So we dream about these things. And so what happens is you are creating a vision for tomorrow of how you are going to interact with tomorrow. And you are coloring your day with that vision. It is overwhelming yourself because you're worried, you're, you're overwhelmed, you, you are just anxious about it, and it colors everything that you do because you have a vision that this is going to be bad. And what often occurs is it turns out bad because your vision is actually actualized later. It's not bad in the way that you, and you thought it was going to be, but the whole day is just a waste. Is everybody tracking with me? And so what we need to do is we need to take our visions and we need to take our dreams that are bad dreams and we need to make them good dreams. Can you, can you change your dreams at night? Do you, are you able to do that? Anybody else in the room able to do that? I can do that. <clears throat> Nobody else. You can. You can change it. Yeah, you can too. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm glad that I'm not alone. Um, I could check myself in if I needed to somewhere down the road if I needed to. The other night, I was having a dream, and Nicole and I were out to eat. This didn't really happen. Out to eat, and, and there were people around, and the, and the person across the table from me, who was a guy, said, Philip, you, you have the longest eyelashes, and it's at that moment that the dream ended. <laughs> the obvious reason why it ended, and the second reason is this. I don't need to be reminded that I have more hair right here than I do right here. I don't need that in my life right? It's got to stop. Absolutely. So you can change your dream. And just, just like that, you can change your dream from thinking about everything is going to fall. Everything is going to be bad. This is all going to happen tomorrow. That's going to be absolutely awful. You can actually change that dream into something that's more positive. And then you begin to create a vision for your next day that is better. It's better. And your vision for the day that is, has good in it rather than bad. And it is a fight to do that. It's a fight to do that. When you become overwhelmed, when anxiety hits you, it is not just, I need to change my dream. And you change your dream. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You have to fight to make it happen. I am not going to think bad in this moment I'm going to figure out something good. I am going to focus on something else rather than the bad stuff. And sometimes you just have to look in the mirror and say, come on, come on, man. It's not all that bad. I know you feel like it's all that bad, but it's not all that bad. You need to think about something good. And then you pray so that you can think about something better. So Jesus continues in this passage of Scripture um, in verse 25, he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, <clears throat> nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food. So Jesus says, don't worry about anything. Food is an essential of life. It means, you know, basic needs. Clothing is just stuff that you have that's extra. I mean, I, I agree everybody should dress. I'm not saying that. But, but it represents something more broader than just putting on clothes. It, it's your possessions that you have. Right before this passage of Scripture, Jesus talks about not laying up your treasure on earth where moth and rust will destroy it, but lay up your treasure in heaven. He's trying to get you to see that this stuff, this temporary stuff here on earth, is not anything to worry about at all. And so he doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to have anxiety over that. And he says... Um, is not your life more than food? And the answer to that, worth more than food or clothing. And the answer to that question is, yes, your life is worth more than food. It's worth more than clothing. In fact, I would submit to you this morning that your life is more powerful than your need of food, and your life is more powerful than your need of clothes. Life is more powerful than that. We should never allow food to suck our life out of us. 
We should never allow our needs to suck, our, suck the life right out of us. The life that you as a Christian have because Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose the third day to give you life abundantly. You should never allow the needs and the problems of the day to suck that life out of you. You should never allow that to happen. You have someone to lean on, and it's Jesus Christ. He is the guy. So yes, your life is more important. Your life is more, more powerful than things that pass away. Your life is more powerful than the things that are bad in your life. Your life is more powerful and it should be the driving force of everything that you do. When you feel like you don't have life, you tap into the life of Jesus to revive that life so that you can go on during the day. That is what you do. Jesus says, your life is very important. And he, he colors it with a picture. He says this in verse 26. <clears throat> Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So he's saying, look, you're more valuable than the birds, and you're more valuable than the food and the homes that they build. You are more valuable he is not saying that he spoon feeds the birds. He is not saying that he builds the birds' nest. He is saying that he is giving you everything that you need so that you can do the work that you need to do. That's what he's saying. He values you. So currently, you have everything that you need to conquer the issue that you're experiencing right now. He's already given it to you, and he's not going to do it for you because whereas he does want you to be dependent upon him, he wants you to be dependent upon faith, with faith. He doesn't want you to be dependent as in a handout from God every single day. Is everybody tracking? He wants you to do something. And so he has given you, and you are more valuable than any of these uh, birds. And he continues. Um, it says, verse 27, and which of you, by being anxious, oh, let me go to verse 28. I'll get back to that. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, all you of little faith? Jesus is saying, don't be anxious because God's got this. He's saying, don't be anxious. Don't let that overwhelm you. Don't let that captivate your mind. Don't let that hold your mind hostage because God is with you and he is going to take care of you. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the fields. And he is going to take care of you because you are more valuable than, to him than the sparrows and even the grass of the field. You are so valuable that he died on the cross to purchase you back. Jesus did not die on the cross for the birds of the air or any of the fields. He died for the human race. And you are very, very valuable, extremely valuable. Your life is valuable. <clears throat> Verse 27 says, in which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? I think that should have been a t-shirt in 2020 and 2021. So many people were so anxious about tomorrow, so worried if they, could, if they would die, so worried if they would get sick, so worried, so anxious, so anxious about it. And on this side of it, none of us added a single hour to our life by worrying about all of that. None of us did. Because anxiety does not do that. In fact, what anxiety does, it deprives you of living in the moment that God has given to you as a gift. That's what it, that's what it does. Now, I know that some of you are probably feeling anxious about being anxious right now, right? Don't do that. That is not what Jesus wants you to do. 
It's not what I want to come across at. What I want to say is, at some level, you have to have faith that God has this and you're going to do what you need to do to get through it and you leave everything else up to tomorrow. Whatever happens, happens, right? But you go forward and interact with the troubles that you're having today and don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because if you solve your troubles today, your tomorrow is going to be better. And if you lift that anxiety off your shoulders, your tomorrow is going to be better and your today is going to be livable. Do not let the devil rob you of life today by being anxious. Don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Skip down to verse 34. It says this, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So let me say a couple of things. First of all, verse 31 tells you not to be anxious again. And so I'm going I'm to say this because it's, in, it's biblical. Um, anxiety is not a disease. It's not a disease. If it was, it would have letters. And PTSD is already taken. There is no pre-traumatic Yeah, you can finish it. Stress disorder. There's no pre-traumatic stress disorder. There's post, not pre. It's kind of like if, you know, <clears throat> you're walking around and somebody thinks that you're worried, right? And they say, what are you worried about? Uh, well, what's going wrong in your life? Well, nothing right now, but wait 10 minutes. Right? What's going wrong right now? Just wait. Just wait a few minutes. Just wait till tomorrow. You'll see that everything will fall apart. It, th- that's not it. Jesus is saying, don't worry about that. You're wasting your time. Today has enough trouble on its own. Quit taking your energy and focusing it on things that will not happen. And take that energy, Jesus says, and focus on today's troubles. And when you do that, you will find that you're strong enough to get through the troubles that you are in today, and you will make it in tomorrow, having at least solved at some level those troubles that are in front of you today. Come on, church. We waste so much energy being anxious, so much energy with worry, so much energy with all this. And Jesus says, you're wasting your time. Don't do it. Focus on today's troubles and take care of them. Um, <clears throat> I went to a birthday party last night for my uh, brother-in-law. <clears throat> he turned 59, and it was in Greensboro. And Nicole knows this. Uh, when I go to a restaurant, I, I like to eavesdrop. <laughs> Anybody else in the room like that? Like you listen to other conversations, right? Because I feel like if they're talking loud enough for me to hear them, I'm going to listen to them right? Just to see what's going on. Some people are boring and I just go on to the next person. And then, <clears throat> and then the next, and then the next thing is if there's people in the restaurant that I can't hear, I will make up stories about their life, like what they're talking about and stuff like that. I will do that. All the while there's a conversation at the table that I'm, I'm really listening to at the same time. I'm just kind of doing, doing both. So last night there was a, a couple, uh, a younger couple, <clears throat> and I didn't really hear the first part of this particular conversation, but um, I wrote it down just to make sure I got it right. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> I wrote it down just so I won't forget it in this moment because so, it's so good. So she's talking to him. So that's the picture, right? And she says, I, I just have so much anxiety over this. And he says to her, don't worry about it. It could be worse. So she looks at him, she looks at him, doesn't say anything back. So I filled in the blank for her. <clears throat> and in her mind, I think she was thinking, well, that's exactly what I was thinking. We are meant for each other. <laughs> Come on, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so anxiety. 
Um, anxiety is not a chemical imbalance. It's not a disease. Anxiety is really, the core of it is a lack of faith. Anxiety and faith cannot coexist. You cannot exercise faith and be anxious at the same time. If you live in faith, what you'll see is you're less anxious and you're less worried. You're concerned. There's a concern level, and we should be concerned because that motivates us to do things and solve problems. When you get anxious and out of control, that's not good. Faith should control our reactions to our concerns. That's what should happen. And Jesus knows that if you allow yourself to be anxious, you're going to be controlled by that rather than what he wants you to be controlled by. That's what he knows. Jesus doesn't say, find a safe space. Jesus doesn't say, go find this, that, and the other to solve your anxiety. He doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't say, dig up your past to try to figure out why. Jesus just says, don't be anxious and do the battle today to not be anxious over whatever you're anxious over. That's what he says. And it is a real battle. It's a real battle. Not denying that at all. But Jesus says, it is a choice. You are choosing to be anxious rather than choosing to exercise faith. Being anxious isn't productive. There's nobody in here that can say that their anxiety and their worry has ever been productive. It hasn't produced anything good. It has torn your soul apart. It has made you not sleep at night. And those things are not productive. They are destructive. So the more you're anxious, the more you actually destroy your, your soul and who you are. So you, you, he says, don't be anxious because I don't want you to destroy your self. And so Jesus doesn't just leave us in the, in the lurch here. He actually gives us a solution to anxiety. And here's it. Here it is. <clears throat> Check this out in verse 33. It says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jesus, I was, I was really hoping for something just a little more profound, right? Just a little more profound. You know, be, because that is just way up here in the spiritual world, and I live right down here in the real world where I dig and, and I work around. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and this spiritual stuff, I just don't get it. How does it connect? Come on, some of you are thinking that, maybe not with that voice. Right? You're thinking, how in the world does that connect? Seek the kingdom of God? Like, that is, that is the answer? What kind of counselor are you, right? Well, the King of kings, Lord of lords, he created you. He might not know what he's talking about. Maybe it's not just spiritual. Maybe this thing is where the kingdom touches down on earth where the rubber meets the road. Maybe that's it. So let's unpack this. Seek the kingdom of God. What in the world does that mean? Well, <clears throat> first, just off the top of my, it's not really off the top of my head, but first on this, yeah, because I prepared. I don't know why I said that. That was a lie. So anyway, here's the first thing that I came to is, oh, we're going somewhere. Seeking the kingdom means I'm going somewhere. And if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior into your heart and he's changed your life, you are going somewhere too, and that's called the kingdom. And that is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Not only am I going to a kingdom and I'm going to be a part of that kingdom, I am going to be living with King Jesus in heaven where there is no sorrows, no pain, nothing. Sounds like a fairy tale, but it is real. It sounds like it couldn't happen, but it's real. And Jesus paid for your ticket to get there. He's so serious about it. And so this current trouble that I'm in, if I look at it, seeking the kingdom of God, I'm like, whatever happens to me today, I'm going someplace better. 
Whatever happens to me today is not going to be my end. I have something better I'm headed toward. I can get through this today because I, as a Christian, am heading toward a kingdom that Jesus has prepared for all the people that has accepted him as their savior. And ladies and gentlemen, that puts your struggle into perspective. That puts today into perspective. That makes it small and your God big enough to get you to where you're going. Your struggle isn't determining where you are going to end up. Jesus and his struggle has done that for you. It's great. Here's the second thing about seeking this kingdom of God, okay? Seeking the kingdom of God means that you need to get active helping someone else. This is what I know about anxiety. This is what I know about it. When I'm anxious and I'm worried, it is all about me. It's all about me protecting myself. It's all about me, me, me. This is going to happen to me. This is going to happen to me. To break out of this and seek the kingdom of God is to look around and say, who can I help today? Well, Philip, I just don't feel like helping anybody because I'm so, all right, that's your first problem. When you don't feel like helping someone, that is the moment that you need to help them. You need to make yourself help them. It could be a phone call. You know, somebody's going through some type of physical ailment or they're having trouble in their marriage or they, or they just um, had to spend a lot of money on their car to get it fixed or whatever it might be. You might call them on the phone and say, hey, how are you doing? I know you're going, going through a struggle. And they talk to you. And in that conversation, you're actually helping them because they are talking to you and you're talking to them. And all of a sudden, you begin to look outside of yourself and what's happening to you and you start actually investing in other people and helping them. It might be a neighbor that needs help. It might be a church member that needs help. It might be something that you need to physically do. Maybe somebody needs to move, or maybe you just need to invite them over and cook them a meal or bring a meal to them. Whatever it is, you seek the kingdom of God by serving other people and helping other people. And before too long, you're thinking outside of yourself and you're thinking about spreading the kingdom to other people and helping people out and encouraging them. And before too long, that anxiety is absolutely gone because people that are serving other people with a true heart have trouble being anxious and worried. Because not only are you helping people get through their day and their struggles of the day, this is what it reminds you of. You are not alone, and there's other people that will help you if something goes away tomorrow. Right? We are a team. All of a sudden, you're not alone. And then last, because you're seeking the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ is giving you the strength to do all those things that I just mentioned. You are now not focused on how you can solve it. You are trusting that Jesus is going to help you solve it when you seek the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? And all of this will be counted to you. I don't know what I'm going to wear tomorrow. Where Jesus, Jesus supplies the needs of the field. The grass is going to die. And I'm more valuable than the field. So he's going to provide my needs for tomorrow and be with me tomorrow. Um, Jesus surprised food for the birds that are working today, gathering food, making a nest, doing what they're supposed to do in rain or sunshine. Come on, church. In rain or sunshine, these birds are flying through, doing their thing, taking care of their young. And if a bird can do it, I'm more valuable than they are. I can also take care of myself and do the things I need to do. And God will still provide for me today. I do not have to be anxious. Seeking the kingdom of God is also a reminder that whereas I was caught off guard by this bad time, God wasn't. God wasn't. He knew it was going to happen to you before it happened. He knew how you were going to react, and he already had a plan on how he was going to get you through it. God sees the past, present, and future at the same time. He is never caught off guard. 
and Jesus is for you. So we seek the kingdom of God. Okay, so <clears throat> kind of drive this home a little bit. You might should get worried, a little bit worried about this because there, there are a lot of great musicians in the church. Anyway, you, you should maybe get a little bit. And I'm going to ask Matt <clears throat> to come up and help me a little bit with this. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be anxious. Say, I'm worried about what he's going to do, but I'm not anxious about it. Tell that to your neighbor. It looks better than it than it's played. Okay, so I just throw it out there. <clears throat> this is just what I do on the front porch sometimes, or in the piano room when it's raining. Okay, is this bothering anybody? Is it shining on anybody? Because I could turn it. Okay, great, awesome. Song <clears throat> called "You've Already Won," and I want to teach you the chorus, and then. Um, I'm going to sing the chorus, and Matt is too, and then I want you to sing it with us, and then I'm going to sing the verses, and then you're going to join us on the chorus. There is a bridge, so the first time, just listen to Matt. He's going to be singing the bridge, and then join in on the bridge, okay? That's how we're doing it. <clears throat> Here we go. <coughs> mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. I'm fighting the battle that you've already Ready? I'm fighting the battle. I know what you've done. Thank you, God. I'm fighting the 
with you again. You're my Savior, my defense. No more fear in life or death. And I know how the story ends. And we will be with you again. You're my Savior, my defense. No more fear in life or death. We're going to take it up. Goodness, I forgot the lyrics. Doggone it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Just a few more weary days, and then I'll fly away to a home where joy will never end. That's right. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. So, Maybe the thing you need is an anxiety playlist. And when you're feeling overwhelmed and when you're feeling worried, you play some songs that get your mind focused on the kingdom and where you're going. That song is called You've Already Won. It's by Shane and Shane. Oh, my goodness, they do it really well. Matt, you did it awesome. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But the way that they do it and the way that they sing it, and in a moment where you feel down and overwhelmed and worried, you play that song and it bumps you up to the next level. And then it's I Fly Away, and then it's other songs that just bring you joy on the inside to get you focused on the task at hand and away from the devil and him making you anxious to get you focused back on Jesus so that you can make it through this day. Jesus has never, ever, ever left you alone. But what you need to do is acknowledge his presence. And you can do that through music. So anxiety playlist. So that said, that's it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And um, thank you for sending Jesus with this message about anxiety. There's things about it that I don't completely understand about it. I know people that have it. I know people that are controlled by it. 
I know people that fall into it from day to day for whatever reason. And we have heard a lot of voices talking about anxiety and pouring into this issue of anxiety. And not all of them are right. Some are, but not all of them are right. But what we know for sure this morning is that Jesus knew what he was talking about. So maybe the first step that some of us need to take is just to say that it's a choice and I'm going to fight the fight to choose a different dream. I'm going to fight the fight and not allow anxiety and worry to give me a vision of my future. I'm going to fight the fight and focus on the kingdom of God and what you want me to do in this life. And that might be the first step. For a lot of people, it's not going to be easy. For some, it's going to be easy. But for some people, it's not going to be easy. But every time they're about to give up on that fight to have a better dream, a better future, to focus on the kingdom of God, I pray that the Holy Spirit just comes in and overwhelms them with power so that they can get through it. So anxiety and stress can just be left behind so they can conquer what you put before them on this day so they can exercise their faith in what is occurring this day as you lead them into a better tomorrow. So wherever people are at in this room, I pray, Father, that you continue to speak to them as you have through your Holy Spirit. I pray that you kick the devil out And you take control of their lives so that they can make decisions with a clear mind. So, Father, we leave that at your, at your throne, knowing you know what you ta- you're talking about. Having faith in that, we will live accordingly. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. The altar is open for you if you need it. I'm here to pray for you as well. Right before we sing this song, I want you to know that you are stronger than you think you are. You are stronger than you think you are. And the reason I can say that is because I know the person personally that lives inside of each and every Christian in this room. And he is making you strong. That is the reason you're stronger than you think you are. So hold tightly to him and move through your issues. That is what he wants you to do as we sing.